Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi everybody, just a note from me, Rhiannon, to say that my new supplements company, Hurrah, is finally here. It's taken years to get this off the ground. Retrition Plus is evidence-based, rooted in science, focused on you, and we offer vitamin D sprays, folic acid spray, and a vegan multivitamin. So head over to retritionplus.com for supplements you can finally trust. Hello, thank you so much for tuning into this week's Food for Thought, a podcast that's on a mission to equip you all with the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, a registered nutritionist, Sunday Times bestselling author and founder of the Harley Street Clinic Retrition and evidence-based supplements Retrition Plus. In each episode of the 12 episodes, I'll be joined by guests, all of whom are experts in their field. So together, we can learn fact from fiction, empower ourselves to become the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. In the UK, around 7.6 million people are living with heart disease and circulatory diseases, of which 80% have at least one other health condition. It's really staggering numbers here. Now, cholesterol has long been thought of as the culprit, as the problem, but numerous headlines suggesting we should avoid this in our diet are confusing for people. So let's get to the bottom of it. And this week's conversation and this week's Food for Thought sees registered dietitian Lynn Garson and I set the record straight. We delve deep into the research to understand the effect cholesterol has on our heart health. Is it good? Is it bad? And as well as how other dietary and lifestyle choices can impact our risk of developing heart disease in the first place. So here we go. Hello, Lynn. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on today. We've got a lot to talk about. And I think the first um, question that most of our listeners will be like, give me the answer to is, is cholesterol good or is it bad? <laughs> oh, that's a really, um, it, you should, I'd like to give a simple answer, but it is far more complex than that. And I think this is actually what causes um, a great deal of confusion. So 
cholesterol, we all need cholesterol. It's important to make cells, it's important to make vitamin D, um, hormones um, and bile, which is used to digest um, fat. Um, the problem is, is when we get too much cholesterol in our blood, because this can get um, deposited in our artery walls um, over time as um, we're exposed to more and more cholesterol, it can build up into what's called a fatty plaque. And that fatty plaque eventually again over time, and we're talking decades here, <coughs> can eventually result in something like a blockage. Um, so that you know that's the, the is the problem of having too much cholesterol in the blood um, now depending on where this happens it can occur in sort of different areas of the body it might be around the heart so that can result in sort of coronary artery disease coronary heart disease it can um, happen in the brain which can result in a stroke or uh, vascular dementia and it can even um, happen in our legs as well causing peripheral artery disease now um, the the collective name of these conditions is called cardiovascular disease. So cardio is the heart and vascular is the vessels. And cardiovascular disease is one of the leading causes of death in the UK. Now, as you rightly said, you know, is there good and bad cholesterol? Um, and we hear that a lot. Unfortunately, it's not entirely accurate. So the simple message of where we hear that the bad cholesterol or the LDL cholesterol um, can increase the risk of cardiovascular disease or HDL cholesterol, i.e. the good cholesterol can reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease is a little bit too simplistic. And we know now um, that it's, it's a lot more nuanced. So if you want, I can give you a very simple overview of some of the cholesterol physiology just to clarify what we mean by all of this. So most of the cholesterol that is found in our blood actually comes from the liver. It's made in the liver. About 80% of our cholesterol is made in the liver. And then we get some from the foods that we eat. But cholesterol and other fats aren't soluble in water. Um, they have to, uh, they don't mix with water. So in order for them to be carried around in the blood, they have to be packaged together with proteins. Um, and these are called lipoproteins. So lipo or lipid is another word for fat. So lipo is fat plus protein is the lipoprotein. Um, so if you think of the lipoprotein as a car, and the passenger is the cholesterol, and it's the other fat. So when you hear about LDL cholesterol or HDL cholesterol, this is actually referring to the cholesterol that is being carried around in these lipoproteins. So it's actually the same cholesterol that's being carried around. What's different is the different vehicle. So LDL cholesterol carries the majority of cholesterol in our blood. Um, and now we know from multiple lines of evidence, uh, which includes population studies, genetic studies, clinical trials, we know that LDL cholesterol is causative of cardiovascular disease. It causes cardiovascular disease. We can't have atherosclerosis if you haven't got cholesterol because that's the buildup of the fatty plaque. So as a result of this, all kind of international organizations and associations have concluded that having high cholesterol, blood cholesterol, is causative of cardiovascular disease, having high levels of LDL cholesterol. 
So that the other thing that we now know, it's not just about the total level of LDL cholesterol, it's how long you've had this for. So we know that the, if you can keep your cholesterol, LDL cholesterol lower for longer, the better in terms of your cardiovascular disease risk. So that's LDL cholesterol. That's a whistle-stop tour, and I'm sure our experts, our clini clinicians, would be uh, say that's very simplistic, <laughs> but, no, but that's, that's basically what it is. That's what we need, and I like the analogy of the car, and for people that just imagine maybe olive oil dripping into a water cup and you see those little droplets at the top, and you know, when then said about soluble, how it's not soluble, it doesn't just disappear and um, dissolve in the water. It's so important that we all have a basic understanding of what's happening inside our body because at the end of the day, the diet we consume from childhood throughout our lives will dictate our health. And, and cholesterol doesn't always discriminate either on body size or shape. And that's something that a lot of people don't understand is that you can be any size or shape and not have a brilliant ratio of what you describe, which people will refer to as good or bad cholesterol, your LDL, your HDL. Something else which I want to clarify is about this HDL cholesterol being good for you. Let's go there. Yeah. HDL um, carries away, it can take away the cholesterol from the arteries back to the liver where it gets removed and it gets recycled. And from population studies, we know that people who had higher levels of HDL cholesterol had a reduced risk of cardiovascular disease. So that's where the term good cholesterol comes from. This is HDL cholesterol being good. But from clinical trials, which have actually increased HDL, there is no benefit. And from genetic studies, for people who've got naturally higher levels of HDL, there is no benefit. So I think when we hear that people say, I want to boost my HDL cholesterol, it may not actually confer any benefit. What's important and what is always the focus is LDL cholesterol. So if you've got high LDL cholesterol, but you've got high HDL cholesterol, and you think, oh, that's all right because my HDL cholesterol is good. No, the focus is always on reducing LDL cholesterol. And it's HDL cholesterol is a bit of enigma. We, we're getting to know a bit more about it. It's, and it's more about its functionality. If you imagine a HDL um, being a vacuum cleaner, sweeping on, hoovering up all of the um, excess cholesterol away from our blood. If that vacuum cleaner is not working properly, it's not going to do its job. So we always must focus on the LDL cholesterol as the target for, for um, cholesterol management. Yeah. So for cholesterol management, let's delve right into dietary aspects, which is what we obviously do best on um food for thought and discussing the types of fats we consume within our diet. Let's start with something that I, th I think today isn't actually as much of a problem as it was many years ago, but it's still obviously um, a concern and that's trans fats. So um, trans fats are, um, they, they can come from two sources. So we can get them from uh, uh, sort of dairy products and uh, ruminant animals, which as you say, is not so much, um, it's not, that's not really the problem. What we know from is the industrial produced trans fats, which are produced from partially hydrogenated vegetable oils. And these trans fats increase LDL cholesterol and they reduce HDL cholesterol and they increase our risk of cardiovascular disease. But as a result of um, sort of uh, 
voluntary measures by the food industry, those trans fats are now at lower, on average, consuming sort of lower amounts than the sort of upper thresholds that have been set both by the UK and also by um, international organisations. So we're not we're not eating as much trans fats in our diet. The focus is saturated fat. That's what we need to be focusing on. Yeah. And thank you for clarifying that because saturated fat, of course, is the fat that you find in more animal products specifically. Uh, For our listeners, you know, a lot of dairy, um, meat, that sort of thing. But equally, things like coconut oil and health halo products you may not expect on the supermarket shelves. So with that in mind, Lynn, what type of fats do we want to add in which will help our cholesterol? Are there any that we want to be getting? Yes, absolutely. Because as you say, whilst it is saturated fat, we need to be reducing. It's about getting more, replacing those with more of the unsaturated fats. So the healthy oils, the the oils that come from vegetable oils, such as um, sunflower oil, rapeseed oil, olive oil, um, oily fish is a good source as well. Avocados, nuts, um, those types of fats those are the ones that we need to be including more of in our diet. Which I, I find um, it's a bit bizarre because there's a big movement. At the time we're recording this episode on social media, a lot of people are very anxious about oils added to products like plant milks and things. And I'm thinking that's the least of your worries when there's other areas of fat in the diet that people are not even focusing on by how much saturated fat they're getting a day. And actually we do want we want a good ratio of these unsaturated fatty acids, like you said. I mean, we want all these lovely plant oils in our diets, our nuts and our seeds, because that's obviously what helps with our um, HDL, isn't it? The, the good stuff. Absolutely, yes. And I think what's important to look at is probably the overall nutritional profile of the final product, because I think this is what causes confusion. We don't eat nutrients in isolation. We eat them as a a food. And then I think more of the focus now, particularly in the area of heart health, is now focusing on dietary patterns because we don't eat foods in isolation. We eat them as an overall diet. So we need to think about what is the what foods are making up the majority of our diet. Um, so absolutely agree. We need to look at the kind of um, the totality of what we're eating, not necessarily focusing on individual foods Absolutely. It's such a minimalist mindset with nutrition, but I think it happens and it occurs that people focus on individual foods because it's so overwhelming sometimes for people. Well, there's a lot of pseudoscience to start with on the internet. And then then second of all, you've got scientists researching maybe one specific food or item and then it gets blown out of proportion and not applied to how the item has an effect in a meal. Now, There are also questions that you raised at the beginning, which you explained nicely how cholesterol can impact our heart health. But I think a lot of people forget that that also includes the brain. Like you said, the vascular element, we've got our blood vessels. And there's a lot of brain-related neurodegenerative diseases now. And our diet in our life has the power to keep us healthier for longer, doesn't it? Yes. And I think we've, in terms of heart health, not only do we know that reducing saturated fat and replacing it with unsaturated fat um, lowers the bad LDL cholesterol, but we've also got hard clinical outcomes now. We've got randomized controlled trials showing that actually 
replacing this saturated fat and reducing it can reduce cardiovascular events from happening as well. So yeah, absolutely. And, and as you say, you know, kind of it does improve our health overall. And it, if cardiovascular disease is one of the major causes of um, death um, and ill health, then by reducing those risk factors, then we can, we can support our overall heart health. What about the link between, um, so we mentioned, obviously, it doesn't always discriminate between body size and shape. What about, um, it's a very contentious subject, body weight, of course, there is no one ideal body shape or size. I just want to put it out there for our listeners that you can be healthy at a variety of sizes, a variety of shapes. But what about the link between cholesterol and body weight? Is there one? Yes, there is. There is a link. So if you know, and it's it's particularly around if you um, have fat around the centre, the central um, abdominal obesity, because that's associated with sort of the liver not functioning as well. And as I said, the liver is the major area where cholesterol gets made as well as other fats where other fats get packaged and what we tend to see with people who've got this abdominal obesity is a combination of unhealthy fats so you can have high LDL cholesterol but it doesn't necessarily need to be high but it changes the structure it gets smaller and it becomes more compact but it's also associated with lower levels of HDL and another type of fat called triglycerides so those that unhealthy combination is the one that puts us at greater risk of cardiovascular disease if you're carrying the fat around the middle. Absolutely. Now, we won't, we won't go too far into triglycerides because, in fact, I think the science behind fat is complicated enough to, um, to grasp. But I think what we've all gathered from listening so far is it is essential that we're getting those right types of fats within our diet. Now, what about the influence on our overall aging let's say um does this system change for perhaps for women if we discuss women as an example because we know heart health is actually a, a bigger risk for women sometimes than men i think that's the data we have isn't it in the uk does menopause play a role here versus when someone's going through menstruation absolutely yeah so um LDL cholesterol after the menopause can rise by about 10 to 15 percent um, but so does our blood pressure you know our blood pressure can rise so all when we look at risk factors we should be looking at all the risk factors and all those risk factors tend to increase after the menopause so that therefore increases the risk of cardiovascular disease after the menopause. I do. Do we? Is this because of the lower estrogen? Is this just the the fact of life, the fact of aging? Yes. No. Absolutely. The lower level of estrogen, which is not, um, you know, it's it's protective. Um, but also, again, where where we store fat, because if we get, gain excess fat and it's around the middle um, after the menopause, that can also increase the risk. Yeah, it is important we have these discussions, Lynn, I, I feel. Um, and thankfully, there's a huge movement at the moment, which is really positive for women, that women are getting more of a look in because science for many years has been focused heavily on men. That's just the way that it's been. And we obviously need a lot more research in in areas of menopause and the impacts of nutrition and diet and all of it. But we do know that lifestyle changes can, of course, reduce your risk of this sort of thing happening. So what about weighing up movement versus diet for cholesterol? Can that also play a role here? 
Yes, I mean, diet has a particularly saturated fat and, I, and, and also the fibres as well found in certain foods have an impact on lowering cholesterol. But um, exercise doesn't have such a big impact on LDL cholesterol um, as much as our, our diet does. But again, it does have a big impact on other types of blood fats. So, and it has a big impact on other areas, other risk factors. So, for example, blood pressure, reducing blood pressure, reducing you know, risk of um, weight gain. Um, so type 2 diabetes, weight uh, will have a much bigger impact on those particular aspects. So Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Really looking at telling individuals and something we do in the nutrition clinic a lot is we do follow for a lot of clients, of course, it's bespoke Mediterranean diet, um, something that's rich in fiber, uh, contains those good fats. And actually, there's less animal produce in the Mediterranean diet than people think, which automatically does lower the uh, saturated fat intake. But how do people know? So let's say you've got your classic you know, person sat at home listening to this thinking, well, I eat a Mediterranean diet lifestyle. I, perhaps I want to get my cholesterol checked. How do they go about doing this? Because a lot of the time I'm told doctors just come back and say, oh, your cholesterol's high. They don't give a breakdown. Yeah, so that's really important to because you absolutely do need that breakdown of the different types of um, lipoproteins. Um, and if you're aged between the ages of 40 to 74, you're entitled to a free NHS health check, which, which is um, uh, it sort of it, it's trying to detect certain risks and heart disease being one of them. So you're entitled to a free NHS health check. If you've got a family history of heart disease um, or high cholesterol, then again, you should be getting your cholesterol tested because one thing which we didn't touch on is our genes. And actually, the genetic cause of, of high cholesterol is quite common. It's thought to be about one in 250 people and only 10% of those people have been diagnosed. So really, really important because it does increase your risk of premature um, cardiovascular disease. Pharmacists, some pharmacists now are offering cholesterol tests as well, so you can get the cholesterol test there. But if you do go to the doctors, always ask for that full breakdown. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's incredibly important. And what about low cholesterol levels then? If we're looking at high cholesterol levels, what about if it comes back as, I don't know, it's it's low and would this have an impact on, on our mental health or depression? Are there new links there with research? That's a really interesting question because what we've got to remember is that actually when you have a blood test, you're testing the cholesterol in your blood. You're not testing the cholesterol in your cells. So um, what we know now is every cell in our body has the capacity to make its own cholesterol. So we now know from studies, from genetic studies, where people who are, have fortunately have got naturally lower levels of LDL cholesterol, they have no cardiovascular disease. Um, so, and, and we also know from um, clinical intervention studies which have um, reduced LDL cholesterol, no so side effects. The only effect is reducing cardiovascular disease risk. Interesting. Oh, it, it is fascinating. It's almost making me think because I know that on my father's side of the family, we do have heart disease. You know, it goes back generation, generation, strokes, heart attacks. And I, I'm pretty sure I had high cholesterol when I last checked, even though... I'd like to say I follow a diet. So the genetic element, like you say, is incredibly important. I think if you're more aware of what's going on in your body, it will dictate your choices naturally as you proceed forward. You know, I've had clients come to me before that have been told they're at a risk of type 2 diabetes and they really want to change the way they live their lives. And that, that leads me nicely onto some listener questions I've got for you, actually, Lynn, as well. Um, let me just find the first one to start with. I think we'll go straight to Claire. Claire has said, if you have high cholesterol levels, how long does it take for them to return to normal? Oh, great question. Um, if you've got high cholesterol, what we would say is to, if you're making dietary changes, um, to give it about three months to see if there's any um, changes in those cholesterol levels. And I would say as well, of course, diet and lifestyle is so important. It's extremely important, but sometimes it's not enough to get those cholesterol levels down. So I think it, it is being mindful that it's, I have people saying, um, I eat a healthy diet, but my cholesterol is still high. But as we've said, there is a genetic element as well to it. So, um, but about three months to, to, to see any changes. And don't be disheartened to anyone listening on that, because I'm probably in the same boat as all of you out there with the genetic element that other lifestyle changes you make will help in other areas of your life, reducing risks of lots of things. There's lots of things out there that diet can help towards reducing risk of cancers, for example. So, so don't be disheartened by that. It all has a role. Now, Phoebe has asked, um, are cholesterol supplements on the market recommended? Uh, we don't recommend any supplements um, to lower cholesterol. It's through through diet and lifestyle, through food and lifestyle. Absolutely. There's not enough evidence there at all. Um, then Sophia has said, if I take medication to help lower my cholesterol, so I'm assuming she must mean statins or something, does this mean I need to watch what I eat? Oh, absolutely. As, as you've said, Rhiannon, you know, it is um, other risk factors as well. When we talk about healthy diet, it's not just about cholesterol management. It's all other elements of um, heart health, such as type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure um, and general overall health as well in terms of, like you say, reducing the risk of cancer. Yeah. Absolutely. The diet can be powerful. Um, I don't agree with the phrase food is medicine. However, it is a very good, 
it's a very good thing you, you have control over in, in your lifetime to maximise. I think what you can add in rather than taking out all the time is a, is a nice philosophy, I think, to look at. Um, a question from Betsy. Oh, Betsy. That's cool, eh? Um, How much of the foods like butters or yogurts that claim to lower cholesterol should we eat on a regular basis? That's good because there are so many drinks and spreads out there now. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a really good question because those foods fortified with something called plant stanols and sterols, and they do have the evidence to lower cholesterol if you take them in the right quantities and they need to be taken continuously. But those food products do lower LDL cholesterol. And as such, the uh, European Food Safety Authority have approved a health claim. So that's why manufacturers, if they meet the criteria, they can put a health claim on pack. So what fascinates me about this particular area is that there seems to be a divide in the scientific camp sometimes um, out there. From what I've read from different researchers, obviously I'm following the advice that I'm, I'm given, as, as are you. But what about the school of thought that it's better to just eat butter in its pure form rather than a processed, ultra-processed spread with this claim on it? Because that seems to be the that's what I'm sure a lot of listeners are probably thinking. Yeah. So if you've got high cholesterol, we know that dairy fat um, increases um, blood cholesterol compared to, say, an unsaturated fat. So actually, if you're eating, and I'm not saying you should never eat butter again. It's not that. It's all about dose as well. It's about the amount. But the evidence is that we should be, if you've got high cholesterol, you should be trying to reduce that LDL cholesterol. And the, whilst, and I, you know, we talk about ultra-processed food, I think there's there's a lot of confusion over those foods as well, um, and these you know these types of spreads, I think they got a bad rap back in the 60s, 70s when they were high in trans fats, but they've now been removed. So when you're looking at these spreads, there's no evidence to suggest that they actually are bad for you. Um, and those particular products can help, the ones fortified with um, plant stanols and sterols can help lower LDL cholesterol. So, um, you know, if you've got high cholesterol, it's, it is worth thinking about taking something. And it doesn't have to be a spread. You can get like um, drinking shots, yogurts as well um, that are available. Which leads me nicely on to gut health. There's one last question from Harrison. Gut health is all the rage at the moment. And... Um, he has said, does our gut health play a role in how much cholesterol we have in the body? Is there a link there? I think there is emerging evidence. There's, I, it's, it's not as uh, strong and it's not to say it's not there. I just don't think the, the work's been carried out um, in this um, area. So I think in terms of what we do know about saturated fat, the evidence there, yes, of course, our gut health is important and they can produce something called short chain fatty acids from some of the fibers that we eat in our diet. Um, and those can help to lower cholesterol. But it's again, I would say this is an emerging area and it's like, watch this space. Absolutely. I mean, do you have a list of your favorite, Lynn, foods that you would suggest people incorporate every day? Like, for instance, I always try and get a handful of almonds or something every day because I read the research that that's really good for you. Do, do you have anything that you personally do that you think our listeners would enjoy? 
Yeah, well, um, certainly. And I think um, Heart UK, we actually have a, a plan. So if you've got high cholesterol, something called the ultimate cholesterol lowering plan, which is get your foundations right, first of all, healthy, balanced diet, fruit, vegetables, whole grains, um, healthy oils, and so on. But then there's four other foods that you can add on top of, which have um, cholesterol lower benefits above and beyond a um, healthy diet. So your handful of nuts, um, including more soya foods. Um, uh, then there's um, oats, oats and barley, which have a particular type of fibre that can help to lower cholesterol. And then the foods fortified with plant stanols and sterols. And that's actually been investigated as part of what was called the portfolio diet. Um, this was conducted by David Jenkins in Toronto. And he found that when these foods were incorporated as part of a low-sat fat diet, they lowered LDL cholesterol by as much as 20%. So that's quite a significant amount. So having, adding, adding those foods onto your healthy diet can be beneficial in lowering the LDL cholesterol further. Oh, I love it. And even for me as a nutritionist, it just takes hearing these things again in my head that I know just to remind me to give me a little bit of a kick, like, right, I need to put this in the kids diet again tomorrow. You know, it's good to have these conversations because I think we all get stuck in a rut with our diets. We all, we're all busy. We're all trying to just um, make ends meet or quickly whip something up. And a lot of the time it doesn't have to be expensive. So some of you may be thinking, well, I can't afford to buy bags of nuts every day but you can buy cans of beans or pulses those sorts of things contain a lot of fiber it doesn't have to be expensive does it not at all no you're absolutely right and i think i mean i think the other thing to say Ree, is that um you know even our own healthy eating guidelines like the eat well um, guide that's been shown to to lower ldl cholesterol as well um and you know there was a study done which has been con conducted in that area found that it if you ate according to our healthy eating recommendations then it would lower um ldl cholesterol it low blood pressure it managed weight um and that they, the authors concluded that if people ate according to what we're doing now you could reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease by up to a third so, and that's been modelled to be no more expensive than than sort of our current diet. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going back to basics in some way when it comes to cholesterol management. I find every conversation I have on this podcast seems to conclude with that type of element in that. And nearly every single concern we have, if we did just go back to basics and we scrapped all the confusion and the ex excess, we we'd actually be okay. Um, but anyway, I digress. We move on to the fact or fiction round. Are you ready for this? Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> if you could answer fact or fiction to the following questions. Eating eggs causes high cholesterol fiction. So um, eggs, um, they contain, they're high in dietary cholesterol, but we know that um, generally eating sort of cholesterol containing foods in the amounts that we're consuming in our diet don't have as big an impact on blood cholesterol as much as say saturated fat. So focus on reducing saturated fat. Perfect. Heart disease is more likely to affect men than women. Uh, fiction. Fiction, definitely. Believe it or not, women are, yeah, have higher rates, don't they, in the UK than men, which is probably going to surprise people. Um, having high cholesterol is hereditary. Uh, 
uh, fact. Smoking increases our cholesterol levels. I would say a fact. It doesn't increase cholesterol. It can change the functionality of those um, uh, lipoproteins we were talking about earlier. So interesting. Um, A vegan diet is better for our heart health. Uh, fiction. We can achieve, we can have a um, heart healthy diet in a number of ways. It doesn't have to be all vegan. Um, as you said, the Mediterranean style diet has been shown to be beneficial. So that does include small amounts of animal um, products. Brilliant. No, high cholesterol can lead to a decline in cognitive function. Fiction. Fertility may be affected by high levels of cholesterol. Oh, that one I think you'd have to put to a clinician rather than um, myself. I'm not sure of that one. Sorry, Ree. No, don't you worry. Do you know, I was hoping because I'm not either. And I really think we need to, um, that's another conversation perhaps. I think I know who I'll ask for that one. So watch this space, everyone. Um, only people who are overweight are at risk of developing heart disease. Fiction. As we've said, you know, genes play such an important part in it as well. So you can be slim, healthy, um, but you can still have high cholesterol. Cholesterol worsens the appearance of cellulite. Oh, I'm not sure about that one either. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't like to say. I don't think I can comment on that one. No, no. I'm sure, I'm sure the more body fat you have, sometimes that just means the more cellulite you may have. However, it's, everyone genetically is different. So, yeah, who knows with that one? That's a good one. Um, moderate consumption of alcohol is beneficial for cardiovascular health. Um. <laughs> That one's a really, again, I was like, I, I could do a fact and a fiction on that one. So, yes, like Mediterranean style diet includes, you know, moderate amounts of alcohol. But um, when we come to like the having too much alcohol might increase your HDL cholesterol, but it changes its functionality. So imagine all these drunk HDL particles going around the body. They're not going to do their job. <laughs> I have to say, that was a brilliant fact or fiction round, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, Just to delve into alcohol a little bit more, because I think a lot of people read these headlines on, I know you and I probably have sent these headlines all the time. Please comment on this headline. It's again, it's red wine. Oh, isn't it great for us? But you've got to remember, we don't live in the Mediterranean. We don't live the same lifestyle. If you're not eating that way, we're not consuming it in the same way as probably these researchers have conducted this research on. And ultimately, therefore, the impact is probably not going to be as beneficial as people may think. And I I think a lot of people like to say, dare I say, oh, red wine's good for me so they can enjoy it. And actually, we do need to be so mindful of the quantity of alcohol we consume because alcohol's alcohol. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Lynn. Absolutely. That I totally agree. I totally agree. And you've got, we've also got to remember that alcohol contributes to calories. And when we know that, you know, weight and obesity is a risk factor for cardiovascular disease, it's, it's not a kind of reason to start drinking alcohol. 
No, def- definitely not everyone listening. Please, let's just focus on the dietary aspects before you say, oh, I'm going to just get that red wine in every week. Um, and also the quality of wine. I remember this because I asked, I asked a lecturer at uni years ago and she was actually studying bubbles in like um, champagne or something at the time. It was a fascinating bit of research to try and look for any special antioxidants she could find. I don't think she did conclude there was any, but um, that does conclude the episode. We've done our food for thought and we oh. finish We finish with a take-home message, Lynn. I think mine today would definitely be that cholesterol isn't all bad. You know, we do need it. That It does have a purpose within our body. But what's really, really hammered home to me today is a good refresher that our diets matter and that we do have the influence upon it if we're able to make different decisions. I think you've given us a lot of good information there. Let's increase the plants that we have in our diet. Let's get the fiber up. Let's reduce the saturated fat, but go and get a check. I think the main, the most important thing is, is you, we're able to go and get a check. So if you are concerned, do speak to a health professional. And Lynn, do you have a take home message for our listeners today? Yes, I think for me, it's nev- you're never too young to start thinking about your cholesterol. Um, the lower, the better, and the earlier, the better. Absolutely. Lynn, it's such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to break down such a complicated, because it is complex when you delve into the science subject, and you did it beautifully. So thank you so, so much. Bless you. Thank you. I think, and I think I'd like to say that, you know, that it is so complicated. You probably could do a whole podcast on dairy or a whole podcast on cholesterol or a whole podcast, you know, it's, there's so many elements to it and so many nuances to it that, um, yeah, I hope I've done it justice. And, and when you mentioned about the, um, you know, is uh, on the fact and fiction is high cholesterol her, um, hereditary. Well, Yes, it is. But of course, it's not the only reason. So that's, I suppose it could have been, I thought about that afterwards, thought, well, it could be fact and fiction. (laughs) You know, it is, it's not the only reason. (laughs) That's science for you. There's no black or white answer for a lot of it, is there? There's never a strict yes or no, because we're all unique and we're still learning. And Lynn, thank you so much for coming on Food for Thought. And thank you very much for inviting me. If you're enjoying Food for Thought, hope so, (laughs) you'll love the upcoming episodes. So if you don't already, please subscribe. Make sure that you click to be the first to hear it each Monday. There's a lot of podcasts out there now, and I really hope that we're maintaining the ultimate research and the ultimate guest to make sure that you're getting the best experience possible. So if you're having a good time and you're learning lots, please do leave a review if you can, so we can reach those higher highs in the charts and ultimately get to reach more people that's what it's all about and for more information about my best-selling books the science of nutrition of course uh, deliciously healthy pregnancy the retrition clinic recipes so much more just head over to retrition.com and follow me at retrition on all social media platforms instagram tiktok twitter facebook and youtube catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started